Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson features guest host Miriam Dow, medical medium. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me. Today we have our guest host, Miriam Dow. Miriam Dow is a medical medium, EIT practitioner, certified hypnotist, and Reiki master. She communicates with the body's messages regarding physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, and energetic well-being. Having suffered from chronic illness herself, she specializes in helping those with chronic and long-term illness find their way back to feeling joy in life. Everybody say hello to Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Hello, everybody. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good. Thank I'm you. Glad. I'm happy yeah. to be here. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're happy to be here because uh, then that would be, make for a very unhappy show if uh, <laughs> neither one of us were happy. So, what is a medical medium? Well, the definition of that, I think, has been rather vague and even debated somewhat. So, I'm going to give you a definition <clears throat> according to me and what I actually do. Sure. I've seen other people on Facebook just recently because I've known you to be a medical medium for quite some time. Yeah. But I've just recently saw someone else on Facebook say they were a medical medium. And I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. It's coming out. It is. It's, it's, it's coming up. It's, it's working its way into the collective, which I'm very grateful for. Good. Um, the short answer is a, a medical medium receives messages from the body and communicates them to the client. Gotcha. Just like a, 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 um, a psychic medium would speak to a ghost, the, 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 uh, the medical medium speaks to the body. And so it is almost the mediumship. It's almost like a channeling, you know, gotcha. of, of, of someone else's body or of your own even, uh, gotcha. because that's where I started. Right. So it's that simple. But it's more than that, right? Yes, I'm sure it's much more complex than just that. Than just that, but that's that's the the simple way to do it. There are, are there are some misconceptions I would like to clear up about medical mediums because sure. I've had clients come to me with expectations, and I'm like, ah, uh, no, that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get the same thing all the time being a medium. Oh, because they all think I'm psychic, and I always tell them right off, but I'm not psychic. Even though if someone comes to me and they make an intention to have a reading with me. Then I, I do start to get messages at that point. But am I psychic? No, I'm not psychic. Yeah, and and that psychic thing is is kind of a of a trap because yes. because with 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 the ghost the people who do the ghost they tell you don't tell me anything right about yourself and when I do the initial intake sheets because I have charts that I fill out sure. that I that I do the readings for I don't want to know anything about them but when we get into conversation. I need to know what's going on with you. And you have a diagnosis. I need to know what it is so I can extrapolate back to where the point was and know what's going on. Right. Right. Because I've had people come to me and they're like, I want you to pull my whole medical history out of your ear. And I'm like, that's not what I do. <laughs> right. And I don't diagnose disease. I do not treat disease. Right. What I do is, for instance... A lady comes to me and she's recently had surgery, but it's recently like six weeks ago. So she is no longer hurting in her body from the surgery. Okay. I won't necessarily pick up on surgery, but I will be able to tell her, look, honey, your adrenals have had a massive shock recently and they need support. Right. And so I am actually looking at the functions of the body and how they are working outside of illness, outside of the information. And then when I have the information, I begin to look at it. Okay, so for instance, if, if someone tells me I have Parkinson's disease, immediately I know that this person has been wrung out and hung out to dry. Sure. Because they are in such a massive burnout, their body doesn't know how to be still anymore. Right. And so this person is either a workaholic or people refer to them as a saint, which actually is not a good thing to be called because it usually means your life is crap. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing so much. Yeah. That, that's why you, you're you need to saint. put some things down, right? Yeah, slow down. So when people come to me and, and they expect me to like, you know, know everything about them when they walk in my door, that's not what I do. <laughs> what, I, what I do do 
is I, I, I go back. Like if they're having these symptoms, I'm not worried about a diagnosis. I'm like, okay, so what is that symptom attached to? Where did it start? What were the emotions behind it? What energy is trapped in this person's body that is keeping this symptom here? Right. Where, where, um, where is the seed? If there's an illness, where is the seed of the illness? You know, but because when illness manifests, it's been there for a long time. Right. And it's actually just come up so that it's obvious so everyone can see it when it is diagnosed. Right. So there's a point back here where it started. And I go back to that point. I am not treating this person for the disease. I, I, I don't touch, if, if a person has cancer, I would never touch the cancer area. But I would go back into their body and I would say, okay, are there inner children who are upset, who are producing this? Because here's the thing. Every illness is an identity crisis. Yes. Every illness is, is just a message from the body. Something is out of alignment. Something is wrong. You need to pay attention to this. And if you don't pay attention, the voice gets louder and louder and louder until you end up in the doctor's office with a diagnosis. Right, it anesthetizes something else. That's what I was talking to a friend of mine the other night about, uh, about some mental health issues and saying, you know, it starts out one place and then all of a sudden it just builds into this real horrible right. thing. Well, you know, that's for somebody to cure at the end of it, but you need to get it uh, where where it begins. Yes, yes, exactly where it begins. Because when somebody and I had when I was um, before I began my journey of healing, I had massive amounts of anxiety. I was I I wasn't medicated at all, and I I managed to make my way through my day, um, mostly by force of will, but I had massive amounts of anxiety. And it wasn't one thing. It was a lot of things that right. developed into this massive cloud that seemed to be over my head at the time, sure. you know? And so I had to kind of like reverse engineer that to go back to the seeds of it. And that sure. took some time, you know? If, if you have a chronic illness or a long-term illness, you didn't get there in one day. And right. honest to God, you probably aren't going to go back in one day. <laughs> right. You're, you're, you get a, a cut on your hand, you know, it starts out with a cut and then it turns into an infection. Yes. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you want to go back to the main problem so it doesn't happen again and over and over. Because as you said, you had to push yourself, pushing yourself through your day will also cause more stress on you as well. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And that's why eventually I collapsed. Um, Shortly the summer after I graduated from college, I, I just I got up one day and I couldn't push anymore. Right. And it was like, and I mean, there was nothing left. You know, I was shaking. If the, if the chair hadn't been in front of me when I got up, out of my bunk that morning, I, I would have been on the floor. Yeah, because I've heard people say before, you know, especially with the depression or anxiety, they say, oh, I can't get out of bed. I can't get out of bed. A lot of them I see and I talk to, it's not they can't get out of bed. They won't get out of bed. But with something like this, with an actual illness that's causing you to be violently sick and that's a different that's a different that's story. a different thing yes. yeah and even with the depressed person there there is a there is something in their energy in their in their because really what's what has happened in the world is that we have been taught to stuff down our emotions we have been yes. taught to disregard our bodies yes. and to push ourselves to the max without taking time to relax take care of ourselves and people who are workaholics are rewarded, and people who are trying to take care of themselves are sometimes penalized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're looked down upon as being, oh, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. You're crazy, yeah. But the thing is, is that when we're children, when we come into this world, we know how to process emotion. You know, the baby cries, he screams, he doesn't care. No, he's um, just who, screaming. Who, he he doesn't care who who hears him or or what their their day is like. He has a problem and he is going to let somebody know about it. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's, that's his way of communication. Yeah, it's his way of communication, and it's also his way of getting this emotion, whatever it is, out of his body. Right now, as adults, we are not taught good alternatives. Obviously, as adults, you don't want to be screaming like a six month old, right? But at the same time, instead of being taught to breathe or to to, to do a physical activity or to meditate or to do whatever it is that you can help you be present to this emotion and release it from the body. Right. We are taught, stuff it down. Just Right, yeah, just stuff, stuff it, it down because it happens all the time. Because now mm -hmm. nowadays people are, 
are trying to be more concerned with the mental health of things. And they say, check on your neighbors, check on your friends. Whereas, you know, if we learn to to actually be able to express our feelings whenever we want to, whenever we have to, we wouldn't have these issues. But, you know, now that they've they've been telling us, oh, you got to you got to stop talking. You got to stop talking. You got to. stop." And when you tell them that. How are they supposed to get this out? How are they supposed to get this off their chest? And then, yeah. and then what happens? Something happens too late, and then stuff goes wrong. Yeah. So what happens then is uh, the child is told, you have to sit still in class. You have to. If you don't sit still in class, there's something wrong with you. Right. Right? And so then there's that idea of, okay, movement, my, my natural movement rhythms are not acceptable socially. I have to repress that. Sure. That is a, that is a, a misalignment, which if it, if it is taken into the body and it is perpetuated long enough, could actually become a symptom or a disease. Uh, a, a child may be, may be intuitive, may, may, may see, you know, spirits. Yeah. Yes. That, that are not, physically here right and they are told to keep this thing oh you just have imaginary friends no they don't they're actually seeing things you wish you could see and and a lot of times we can shut that down without too much because it's kind of like a a spiritual thing and you can shut down spirit easier the more physical or or strongly emotional things are the more effect they have on the body because you can you can kind of live without that side of your spirit for a long time and not really like become ill unless it's you're, you're partic- that's like your thing and they're not letting you do it, then that right. might. But right. if it's just a side thing for you, then you could maybe suppress that. But the thing is that each of these emotional things that you push down, it, it becomes this whole emotional pain body. It becomes a physical pain body and it just keeps stacking up, stacking up, stacking up, stacking up until you have this misalignment that is like this big ball of yarn that you don't know how to start Right. To unwind it. Everything gets compounded into each other, mm-hmm. and yes. then you end up with with things like MS. Um, you end up with things like Parkinson's. You end up with a lot of the diseases that doctors can't really treat, right. like cure, are these. But even cancer is a literal identity crisis. The body is is identifying something that is harmful to it as its own self. Right. Right. And that multiplication is harming the body. But the body is fooled and thinks the cancer is the identity. Do you think that the world itself wants us to? I mean, because they tell, like I, like we're talking about, we're telling children to, oh, well, you got this going. No, no, no. You need to suppress that. You need to grow out of that. You need to stop doing that. But do you think the world around us is saying that so that later on in life, Oh, well, now you have cancer, so now we'll take care of you. Right. You think you're doing it on purpose so that we will have to be able to be taken care of by them? That's a good question. I think that um, there is a filtering system. Sure. I think that it's not like the educators are are sitting back in their – I mean, they may be, but I don't think so. Like, they're not sitting there back there going, ooh, Mm. we're going to suppress this person's personality. So then they'll have to pay the hospital big bucks, and then they'll have to pay Big Pharma big bucks, and then, wow, we'll just have a good time. You know, I don't really think the educators are doing that. But But they want a conformity. Yeah, the And they don't care the cost. Right. The industry out there (laughs) is pushing this narrative that, well, you know, oh, we can can make you uh, take this particular pill. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, well, we are the only ones who make that. So we're going to charge you $500 for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so what I have found is, is that the more and more we, we conform and we suppress, the more that we pay a cost. Right. We could pay a very steep price within our own bodies. Right, and that's not a money cost. That is a yes. Yeah. That is a that is a depression cost. That yes. is that is I can't get out of bed. That is right. the anxiety cost. I have to push through this wall of anxiety right. in order to go through my day. Um, that is a pain cost because men, many many physical pains are in some way related to this. Yes, because I've I've, I've tell people all the time when they have stress going on. They always feel like they're all, they're, their whole body is tensing up, and then they don't realize what kind of pain they're actually causing themselves by tensing up all the time. Mm-hmm. So it, it, is, um, it is a mess that we have made, in a sense. And I say we because, because each of us is responsible for our own selves. Right. I mean, the system can tell us everything we need to do, but you know what? At any time, I could have stopped. You know, I didn't have to go through a Christian college and break my health. I could have made a choice to kick out and just go do my own thing. 
Sure. And maybe my life would have gone down a different path. Now, I, I'm not saying I should have done that because there were certain things that needed to go through. There were things I came to experience. But right. You did everything you were supposed to do. Yes, exactly. But um, at the same time, you know, we, we have a responsibility for our own reactions to these situations and whether we, we take them in and make them part of who we are or whether we whether we examine them and discard them or, or decide to hold them lightly. You know, each one of us makes a decision about that. Sure. And each of us makes a decision about what we're willing to do in order to make ourselves happy. Right. Because the thing is that that with clients coming to me a lot of times is that they know they're unhappy. They know their body is unhappy. They know that the system they're in is not good for them. You know? Yes. I I tell people this all the time that... You can either sit around with your thumb up your butt all day and do nothing about it, or you can be proactive and do something. Exactly. Exactly. And some people come to me and they don't want to count the cost because there comes a point when you are releasing old baggage where the baggage becomes the person across the table to you at breakfast. Sure. Or the baggage becomes the job that you're working at, or the baggage becomes the relation, the, the wacko relationship you have with your sibling or your parent. Right. And then they're confronted with real change. If I change this in my energy, it's going to change in the real world. Am I willing to do that? Right. And a lot of people are just afraid to do that. Exactly. They don't know what the other <clears throat> side looks like. Sure. And so they're like, I can't, I, they come to that point and they stop. And that's okay. Each one of us has our journey and each one of us is, is investigating and, and kind of like navigating the world and learning what we can, you know, with our experiences and what we've come here to learn, what we've, the lessons we learn, our sole purpose and all of that. But at the same time, I, I, it, it just, my heart just hurts because I've come through, you know, I've come through the other yeah. side and I know the joy I have and I know the, the peace I have and I know the, the purpose that, that guides me now. And I want that for them. But at the same time, it's their journey. And yes. so and they are sometimes just so afraid of what is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Beyond the veil. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Are you unsure of the path your life is taking? Do you need spiritual advice? Come book a reading with me and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest. www.spiritmediumdaniel.com So as a medical medium, I I work with all of that. It's really very kind of comprehensive and and a lot of times when people come to me, all they're looking for is a starting point. Sure, absolutely. You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, if, if you did this and and got more sleep, then this would be better, you know, or maybe they're, they're coming in for, some of them come in for anxiety, some of them come in for, for diseases, some of them come in for uh, opening of gifts, and everybody just needs a starting point, because when you start this journey, and, and I, I bless those people who came to me in the beginning of my journey, and were my guideposts, I had them all along the way, and when the student is ready, the teacher appears, was so true for me all along my, my way. And so what I am in a sense is this this place of of information. And sometimes it's one session and sometimes it's it's a whole year's worth of sessions. It just depends on what they need from me. Right, because each person needs a little bit different yes. than other people. So it's it's just really a beautiful thing to watch it play out and to to see how interactions go. But I just I am so passionate about people knowing who they are and releasing underneath of all that baggage sure. you know, underneath of all that that crap that has been piled on top of them that makes them think they're a bad person or maybe it makes them think that you know they're incomplete or they're not worthy or whatever it is that they adhere to to release that and just let them be free that that is my passion that's that's as a medical medium what i love to see and it starts with a physicality because I think with a lot of spiritual teachers, we even they tend to disregard the physicality somewhat. Sure. And I was always a very spiritual person, and I did the same thing, and it bit me in the butt. <laughs> and so now I know that 
even though I am a spiritual being having a physical experience, my body is important. Yes. My yes. body is important. My strength is only that so much as my body can contain. Yes. And so if I'm not tending my body, if I'm not listening to my body, which I learned to listen to my own, and then I began to hear other people's talking to me. And I was like, oh, I can do this with other people too. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. I can help. I try to tell people this all the time, that you know, in order for you to do this, in order for you to move forward, in order for you to raise your vibrations, it's not just about your spirituality. It also has to do with your body. Spirit tells me all the time, they don't want me to drink alcohol. They don't want me to get any tattoos because they want me to be of clear mind, of clear body. You have to be able, you can't just go, oh, well, I'm going to raise my vibrations, but uh, give me a minute because i got to go outside and get a smoke break. No, you, you can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's all, everything that is going on with you is going to be, uh, part of you that's going to help you to get to this spiritual journey that yeah. you're trying to get on. And you can't just go, uh, it can't be like, as I like to call it, one foot in and one foot out. You can't, oh, well, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to raise my vibrations. So, hey, how about we get the cheesecake today? No, you gotta, <laughs> you got to make sure you take care of yourself. <laughs> uh, let's talk about smoking. I'm glad you brought that up. Smoking is a coping <clears throat> mechanism. And, and, and just yeah. addressing addiction here for a moment, um, because you can be addicted to anything. Your psyche does not care what you're addicted to. Well, you, uh, you, you could can be addicted to, to Dr. Pepper. You could be addicted to driving. You could be addicted to, you know, any number of things. Um, you make a choice to be addicted to those things. Right. You it's, take the choice it's a to coping. Go, oh, start drinking. It's always a coping mechanism, right? <laughs> so the question with addiction that people don't ask is what was the pain? that started this coping mechanism. What are they hiding? And so with this, as the same with as the disease, you go back to the source because until that pain is removed, it doesn't matter how many addictions they break. There's always going to be another one that crops up behind. Maybe they went from alcohol to sugar or maybe they went from, they went from heroin to... Cocaine. Well, no, from heroin to skydiving or something like that. That's really... <laughs> because, you you know, they're... they're, they're the adrenaline, adrenaline junkies, that's a real thing. Sure. And some of those people, they came to experience that. And some of them are just running away. It, I don't know. It's not for me to judge life paths, but it's maybe they're doing both. You know, <laughs> who knows? But Let's do some heroin and jump out of a plane. Yeah, no. <laughs> there goes your perception it's of how all, far. It always goes back to the, to the back. And, and that's one of the things that disturbs me about AA and some of these other things is that you're always the alcoholic. You're always the addict. Now, yes. it's like it's like working with a chronic illness. It's not going to go away overnight. No. But I firmly believe that you can go back and you can release the pain. You can release the emotions. And one day you wake up and you say, oh, you know what? I don't need that anymore. <laughs> I have been uh, to the AA meetings, not because I was an alcoholic, but I was involved with a motorcycle club that was involved in that. And what I have seen, what I've witnessed uh, in the three, four years that I went, that the people who are there, these people are now their, their friends. This is now their life, mm -hmm. uh, and which is a good thing. I'm, I'm, and it's, so it's, it's their friends, it's their life, it is their support group at all the time. But I would run into people all the time who would say, well, I've, I've, been, uh, uh, I've been going to these meetings for 25 years. And I would say, well, I think you got it kicked. So, you yeah. know, I don't think you need to come back anymore. But they would say, well, this is my friends. This is what I said, yeah, I get it. This is your life. Well, this is what you do now. I, and I'm not knocking AA at all. No, I mean, me I, either. I, if it works for you, yeah. go with it. And, and because I've had relatives and, and I've been to a, a meeting or two myself, and they have a, a system, a structure that helps people get from point A to point B where they need to be. Yeah, if it's and, going to keep you on, in line yes. or what you need to do, uh, see, again, it, But again here, there's the conformity. <clears throat> you see there's a system that is, is doing massive good in the world, and yet there's this conformity at the end. When am I healed? Can I heal? Am I am I okay? You know, and the system says no. Well, oh no, they look down upon it. Even though you're trying to heal yourself, they look down upon it. Yeah, so it's 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 one of those things where it's not all good and it's not all bad. But you have to know what your journey is. You have to know 
if you're willing to go all the way. You have right. to know if you're if you're willing to say, you know what, whatever it takes, I am getting out of this. Right. You can't that's be the one dedication. foot in and one foot out. Exactly. That's the dedication it takes. And it takes a focus of of loving yourself. You know, it, that if you trip up, you're not like, oh, my God, I tripped up. I'm such a terrible person. But, okay, I tripped up. What 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 was it that tripped me? Right. Where is that? Where is that block? What was I medicating? Right. You know, where where was I? Where was I um, trying to solve a pain that I haven't looked at? And am I ready to look at it yet? And if so, do I need help with that? Or do can I do this myself? Right. Am I creating one addiction over top of the other addiction so so I can get away from one? Oh, I'll just start another one. Right. No, you can't do that. So there there is a, a deep message of hope there as well because. Um, it's not about if you can heal or not. It's about whether you're willing to heal. Right, wanting to. And I, I never judge people about that because it's hard. You know, I've been, I've been there with my illness. I've been there, and sometimes I would lay in bed and I would say, you know what? I'm just willing to be willing to be willing. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I've been through recovery myself. Mm-hmm. I had some uh, back issues and had to mm-hmm. go through rehabilitation for that and had to walk with a cane for two years and it's not easy but you have to you have to be willing to do it it's not going to be easy no one's no one you think oh going into rehabilitation that's not going to be a big deal but you don't realize how much pain rehabilitation is is, yeah yeah so yeah and it's true you know um there was a point when i could have been like you know what i'm on disability i've got a chronic illness you know just let's throw in the towel but there was something in me that said no there's another way. I, yes. I know there's another way. I will find it and I will use it and I will liberate myself from this, help, whatever it takes. Right, as long as you go out and try to find it. Yeah. And like I said, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And um, it has been an amazing journey. So there's a story coming up, and I don't know why, but we'll just go with it. There's a, there's a, a lady who does Bowen therapy. She actually... Um, has, owns the franchise for Bowen Therapy, which is a it's a physical, it's it's releasing memories from the physical body. Sure. And she really talks about a lot about you know taking responsibility for yourself. She didn't know of anything about this. She she went to a, a massage therapist or a Bowen therapist of some sort, and the, during that thing, she saw a vision of herself doing something as preverbal. And she went home to her mother and she said, "Is this true?" And she said, "Yeah. Oh, I have that. Whatever it was in the closet." And then she realized that, oh my gosh, my body actually stores the memories. And it was interesting because she was in a situation, and this is soul calling I'm talking about here, and I want people to understand this. I'm not giving medical advice here unless you have a soul calling that says, I cannot go any other way. You don't do this, right? She had cancer. I don't, it was either uterine or ovarian, I'm not sure. But it was stage four, and they were going to go in and take her uterus out and she was laying there in the in the pre-op and she said you know what i can't do this she got up and she walked out Hmm. and but she didn't walk out saying i'm going to die she walked out saying there's another way right and i will find it right and this lady dedicated herself to curing herself of this cancer. She was listening to her soul, what yes. her soul was trying to what tell her. What her soul was telling her. And she, like, even <clears throat> things, I, I I have a lot of respect for her. She, for three or four days, she stayed in her bedroom, and she did a certain hum of hurts to heal herself. I couldn't have done that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I try to tell people all the and, time. Sometimes the, the soul will take over the body and yes, say, you know what? We're not going to do, do this. We're going to do something else. And people don't. I don't know what you're talking about, but well, you don't know what you're talking about, because, or you don't know what I'm talking and about. And this is where pick up you tune it. in, because sometimes the surgery is the legitimate and best choice. Right. But when you have a soul calling, even then you have a choice. Even then you could, like, I could have walked away. When, when, I, was, when I was ill, when I was very ill, I could have walked away. I could have said, you know, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had that choice. We have free will. But... There is there is this thing where you you understand that there's something bigger that you have to pursue. Right. And when people get that, all I can say is it's a difficult journey. It's 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 not easy it's not by any easy. means. No. But it is so worth it. Yeah, that's what I tell people about this uh, about me being a medium. No, I didn't 
really know what it was really going to entail. Um, my wife and I talked about this earlier. We said, well, you know, if you knew everything that was actually going to happen uh, as as you're going through it now, do you think you would have said yes to it then? And I still said, yeah, I, I would have said yes because I just knew there was something more that I needed to do. And I know I'm going to have to go through some things with that because, you know, being suffering from uh, illness before, that it's not it's not going to be easy. If life was meant to be easy, what would be the point? You're not learning anything. But, yeah, yeah you, you when you get this feeling inside of you and it tells you, okay, what you're doing right now is not the right thing. That's your spirit. God's telling you. That's your soul telling you this is mm-hmm. not the right thing to do. Do what does work for you. No matter no matter who is coming into your ear, if it's a doctor or a nurse or someone telling you, oh, no, no, you got to have this procedure. But no, if you feel it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. You need to follow through with what's going on inside of you. Express your feelings and say, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah. She, she's living, by the way. She's, she's quite well. Good for her. And um, she, Wasn't her time to go. Nope. <laughs> and she's, uh, she teaches people this technique that, she, that helped her to heal, this releasing of memories. A lot of people do get that soul calling, but it's that soul calling. Your, it's, you know, your soul is being called to go home. You know? And when sometimes when, that's true, too. Yeah, when it's time to get out of here. But... Your soul can help you if you listen to it, if you pay attention, yes. if you follow through with what it's mm-hmm. telling you to do. Yeah. So, like I said, that's not medical advice at all. In, no. a, in a normal everyday situation, you know, if you needed a surgery, you would go through and have it. And, you know, that that would be that. But If you feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Sure. If, if that's what you need, you know, because medical procedures are things that help the body. Yes. But there, there are these times when there's the, these things that that move us in different directions. And I feel like there's somebody listening today who has a soul calling who's like, I don't know. <laughs> Should yeah. I do that? I, and I uh, don't think it's even physical. I think it's something else that like, it's a, it's a career choice maybe or something. And I feel like they're like, Oh, I don't know. That sounds scary. <laughs> yeah. But there, but there are those people out there though. What she's saying does resonate with me. I know what she's talking about. Yeah. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Yeah, but yeah, thing, that, you know. I had to. I had to tell that story. So. I'm glad you told it because it made a point. You know? <laughs> so my question to you is: What is medical sovereignty? Okay, so going back to my story a little bit, when I collapsed um, and I couldn't go to work that morning, I went to doctors, of course, trying first to figure thing out we do. what was wrong, right? And they were they were good doctors. They were sweet people. They had no clue. <laughs> And they they weren't meant to really because I needed to go on this journey. Right. But I found myself in that space in between. I didn't have a manifest illness that they could track. Right. Like I had Lyme, but evidently it wasn't presenting, which Lyme doesn't always do, you know. And there were other things wrong with me. I had chronic fatigue before. I had my, my, my collapse. I wasn't in good health before. And so I was like, well... I just fell through the cracks. <laughs> if what I'm, do you do with that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't have cancer. I didn't have lupus or, or, you know, there was no diagnosis. And I was like, well, what the hell? <laughs> what do I do now? Right. What do you do now? So I had uh, been working with a lady, uh, and this was one of those people who was a guidepost for me, um, who was worked at the Emotion Code. This was way well before. This was maybe a year or so before the actual event happened where I I couldn't work anymore. And she had begun working with me with the emotion code, and it was the first relief I felt. You know, I had prayed. I had gone to services. I had talked to counselors on the campus. I had done everything. And again, beautiful <clears throat> people, loving people, but they just didn't have any tools for me to deal with what I sure. was dealing with. So I decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it myself. (laughs) That's just the best way. And so what I began doing was I began tuning in. It, 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 it was a process and I had to begin opening my, 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 my gifts in order to do my spiritual gifts in order to do it. But I began tuning into my body. What do you need today? Gotta you know, start somewhere. Yeah. What do you need today? What can I what can I let go emotionally today that will give me a lighter load so my body can heal itself? Right. What can I do? What can I nourish myself with? One of the best things I ever did was hire a nutritionist and start cooking my own food. What my body needed, not not sure. what my my brother or my father or my 
extended family wanted me to do, but right. what I needed. Well, when I go to the doctor's office, what is your type supposed to do? Oh, yeah, right. And it was um, it was very interesting. I, I began cooking like just vegetables and eating them. Um, I've never been a vegetarian, but I began understanding the 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 value of nourishment and how it interplayed with my body, how food can be soul nourishing. Sure. And Water. I began working with, yeah, I began Water. working with foods. I began releasing as much as I could and it very gently because this is something too that I find with spiritual people sometimes. <sighs> They're like, how can I get it all out now? And yeah. I'm like, Please don't do that to your body. <laughs> Put a shot in my system. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. It's like, please don't. <laughs> and if you're healthy and gung-ho, okay. You know, if you want to do that, okay. But It's like when you have a car accident and your body goes into shock. Your body yeah. can go into shock many different ways. Exactly. Especially the ones you're causing it to do. Yeah, exactly. And so I would, I would do what I could for a day. You know, I would do what I could for a day and not overstress my body because that would just put me into more. Sure. And then I, uh, I, I did a, a traditional thing. I, I, I got a therapist, and I yeah. was with him for six years, and I began looking at my life from the outside in. And I was like, oh, it's kind of screwy in here. <laughs> well, because we put a lot of stuff on hold. We, 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 we put it in the back burner, and then we thought, oh, I'll just you know, I'll deal with it later. And then when you deal with it later, then, then you have something else you also put on it. And then you put so much on the back burner. Oh, and then it just comes all up and it's one yeah. big giant pile of mess, right? Yeah. So I began basically unwinding that ball of thread. And I did some things traditional. I did some things non-traditional. You know, I, I became a Reiki master. I, I, I began doing um, IET therapy, integrated energy therapy. You know, I, I did a lot of alternatives. I did some things, you know, I found out I had Lyme. I obviously took the antibiotics to kill the bacteria in my system. But I found that the journey was always just the next thing. Right. You know, it wasn't it wasn't about a big moment. It was about today I got up at 11 o'clock and I didn't eat until two. And all I had was cottage cheese and pears. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Wasn't this big flash? Hey, yeah. you got it? No. <laughs> so it's following that, the breadcrumbs one day at a time. Right. But the thing that I want to emphasize here is there is a trail, there is a way out. Right. And by tuning into yourself, your guidance, what your body needs, you can find the trail and follow the breadcrumbs and have a better life. And where you stop, you know, that depends on you. Wherever you right. want to stop is okay. But there is always that option. Yes. Like I always tell people, you're finding the things that what works for you and finding the other things that do not work for you and stick to the ones that do work for you. Mm -hmm. But there's always a place to go for that because there's always – it's always only two choices, what works and what doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, just quit doing it. That's all. Hi, I'm Daniel Jackson of Spirit Medium Daniel. Do you need clarity in your life? Do you have unanswered questions? If you're having doubts of who you can confide in, come and book a reading with me, and I will put your mind at ease and your worries to rest. www.spiritmediumdaniel.com So my point is with medical sovereignty is... Your doctor cannot and should not and won't be standing over your shoulder when you're looking in your cabinet in the morning right. to choose what you eat for breakfast. Right. But your body is there and it knows what nutrition it needs and you will gravitate to things. Each body works a different way. Like I tell my wife and tell people all the time about being diabetic, you know. My doctor wants me to get my sugars down to 70, even, and I'm struggling right now. I'm, I'm in the 90s, but I'm struggling. On, if I did that, I would be starving. But, you know, like I said, each each person's body works differently, you know. I'm six, right. I'm six foot one. I'm 200 pounds. To get my sugars down to that, I mean, they, wow. they tell diabetics, you got you to gotta do uh, all – you have to take uh, – Snacks all the time. Well, if I'm snacking all the time, I'm never going to, I mean, that maybe not never get it down to 70, but it's going to take a lot more than I'm doing now. And that's, it's difficult right. now. Well, and two, this <clears throat> is something that each body, like, that's the problem with 
the, one of the problems with the medical system is they grade on a bell curve. Right. And and so they're putting you in this place where your body may need to have the sugar just a little bit higher than right. 70 in order to function properly. And it seems as though with the doctors, that curve changes all the time. They keep lowering it and lowering it and lowering it, you know? Right. So that's those are things to consider. But you really have to take charge of yourself and say, you know, this is what I'm going to eat today. This is what I'm putting into my body. This is what I'm tolerating in my environment. This is what I'm not tolerating in my environment. Right. This is what I have the energy for today, and I will not overextend myself. You know, the, these are things that we choose that make our body either feel better or feel worse. Right. And the the whole thing of I'm willing to let this go or I want to hang on to it. Right. Also. So there are myriads of choices that we make every day that are our sovereign choices that come into making us sick or making us well, making us feel good or making us feel bad. Right. And when we take responsibility for that, then we can change it. Yeah, I, I tell a lot of younger people all the time and they just don't seem to get it. But I've gone through it as well, you know, when we're younger, you know, oh, I can go out drinking and partying and do all that stuff mm -hmm. because I'm indestructible and I can do that. And, oh, I'll worry about it later on. They just say that. I'm 50 now, and, you know, not that I was doing that all the time, but it does affect your body. It does, mm -hmm. you know, I tell people all the time, you know, all you have to do is uh, just like pretend you're a person just like you if you were the cucumber. And then you go out and put all this alcohol and stuff in your mouth, and then you pour that onto the cucumber. What does it turn into? A pickle. <laughs> does a pickle look like it's in good health? No. Well, neither are you. So, you know, once you make the, then they go, oh, now that you say it that way, I'm not saying it that way. It is that way. You know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta take care of your body. You gotta respect it. You know, you can't do all this mm -hmm. crap to it because you're gonna end up being a pickle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's about dealing with the consequences of your actions, yes. for sure. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. So, um, you know, my consequence was I was ignoring my body. I was ignoring the pain signals. I was ignoring um, my exhaustion. Um, <laughs> I was ignoring all of this stuff. And when it, it came, push came to shove, it was like I, I was... I just fell over. Yeah, ignoring it for a lot of reasons that people do. They ignore the truth. Yeah. They know it's real, but they just don't want to mess with it. So it takes courage, though. It takes yes. courage to take responsibility for that because then we get into the blame game. Oh, if I'm responsible for it, then it's my fault I'm sick. Right. No. No, no, no. no. Hold on. There is a lot of stuff... You are not responsible for the trauma you went through in your childhood. You are not responsible for your childhood programming in the sense that right. it created you to be who you are today. Right. Now you are responsible for it in whether you release it or cling on to it. Right. But when you, you like were a child, continue? you didn't have a choice. <laughs> right. Right. Because the world teaches us all this stuff as a child and then you just you just pick it up from everywhere. But you do have a conscious mind that tells you, you know what? I can make these choices that are good for me and not maybe not pay attention to all that stuff they were trying to teach me. So wherever you are, medically speaking, it's where you came to be. Yes. You know, you, you, you are, in a sense, a, a product of those experiences that I would say you had them for reason. It got you to where you are You now. got to where you are now. So there's no blame here. It's just a matter of taking this moment and saying, I want the next one to be different. What different action am I taking? What different breath am I taking? What different perspective am I taking to move me into that, other, that different place? Right. You did what you thought you were doing was right. Mm -hmm. And now you're finding out, mm, maybe it's not so right. Now I need to change that. Yes. What am I going to do to change that? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's, um, it's one of those things where because there is so much blame, it's a sensitive point for people, I think, with chronic illness and with, with long-term sure. illness that is not talked about a lot. But there is almost a, a, a collective silent blame for being sick sometimes. Yeah, and I, I tell people all the time we have to stop playing the blame game. Stop focusing on blaming something or someone or an organization or anything for that and just try to move forward away from that. Exactly. Well, what I found <clears throat> was is that it, if you're cooked into that collective, then you're blaming yourself in some way. Right. So the thing is to be very gentle with yourself. Take your time. Do what you can today. Let the rest go because there's nothing you can do about it at the moment. Yep. And however long it takes is however long it takes. And yep. that's all right, too. So really coming into that space of being able to love yourself 
and take responsibility at the same time is so key. And it's not a place that people even know to reach for, I feel like, right. most of the time. Right. So that's kind of what what the sovereignty is. It's I, I am here, but I came here for a reason. I choose to love myself today, whatever that means. I choose to do today whatever it is that will take me to a better space than the one I'm in now. And that's who I am. And being okay with that, wherever yes. wherever you are. My other question is, what does a healer do? Well, the medical mediumship is is twofold, for me at least. Because I... Ask the, the person's body, you know, what is actually going on here? And and sometimes I will say, you just went through a heartbreak. Your heart needs rest. You need to just lay around one day and do nothing but play Facebook games. I love doing that. <laughs> or I will say to them, you're, you're low on electrolytes all of the time and your body is stressed out about it. And however you meet that need, you need to, to do more electrolytes. And that's the reading and the, the information. But I am also a healer. And I think that an energy healer, and I think that that is often misunderstood. Sure. Absolutely. Because we are all energy. There is nothing but energy. If you ask the physicists, they will tell you there is nothing but energy in the world. You know, this table is made up of energy. It's denser than the energy that, that the air is made of. But nevertheless, it's energy. I don't know. My wife thinks I'm pretty dense. <laughs> She's a member of Mensa. I'm a member of Densa. <laughs> uh, so the, the energy is what I work with. And the thing is that even there, as a, as, a, as a healer, my job is not to heal my client. And so healer is a little bit misleading. It's what we call ourselves because it's, it's what people understand. It's what they, they hang hooks on, right? Right. But when a client comes to me and says, I need thus and thus. I ask their body and their consciousness as well, like directly speaking to them, are you ready to let this go? And let it go. Yeah. And it really depends on what their answer is, whether that healing happens or not. Sure, not everybody's ready to let it go. Some people live for drama or they're just not able to at that time they have to be ready for it exactly and, and and sometimes the physical body will say you know what i've had enough and i can't release anymore today and i always respect that because you know i've heard healers saying oh so and so was projectile vomiting that session went really well and i'm like no <laughs> if they don't have to vomit then don't make them vomit. yeah <laughs> don't push them that hard <laughs> you know if you can avoid that at all i mean sometimes shifts happen in the body that you know you end up in that space but not because of my work so what healers really do is they hold space and they give you some direction to go in right and whether you choose to take advantage of the space how much you choose to discard that's up to you because there's some places you don't want to go alone no. you know there's there's some places that have to have a, a loving heart there to hold the safety because wherever you're going, it wasn't safe back yeah, then. Sometimes we have to physically or spiritually or mentally hold their hand through things. Yes, exactly. Because it's too deep <clears throat> and it's they, they would feel like they were drowning if, yes. if someone wasn't there. And so that's what we do. When, when, when it gets that, waters get that deep, we, we stand for them and we, we, we shelter them. And then they do the work for themselves. Right. And then they've gotten out of their body's way and the body's natural state is health is is vibrant health right. and so the body's like oh that's gone now we can throw this out and that out and we can fix this and blah 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 and it just it goes to town <laughs> and then they can move on and then you can you can set them free exactly so it's it's not it's not the healer in a sense that heals the healer is there to make the container so that this person can heal themselves right and that, too, comes back to, in a sense, sovereignty. This is all about this person's individual choice. And whatever choices are made in a session for the healer, it's always to hold the space. Always to hold the space. No matter what they say, no matter what they choose, maybe you see that, okay, they're not ready for this, or maybe they, they're, they're going down a road that you know is probably going to hurt them in the end. Right. But you don't project that to them. You hold them in love and possibility, and you say, okay, if that's where you can be today, then God bless you. 
you know, and you, you just let them go and, and let them go on their journey. And they may resurface eventually and, and be like, you know what? I got it now. <laughs> I get it, you know, and maybe not, but that's okay. So I really wanted to, to under, people to understand that we are our own healer. We heal ourselves, regardless of what modality we're using, regardless of which practitioner we're visiting, regardless of, of what medical protocols we are, we are availing ourselves of. It doesn't matter. We heal ourselves. Right, because even, even doctors are going to say, okay, we're going to do this procedure or we're going to give you this type of medication, some type of pill. But you're still a part of it. You have to make the decision mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you want to follow through with yes. this. And if you don't, you just sit on your butt and go, well, I'm not going to do what that doctor tells me to do. Eh, forget this guy. Then you're not going to heal up. Yeah. You have to make that decision. So yeah. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What is the most frequent question you get from people who ask you about your service? <laughs> what is the most frequent <clears throat> question? question because i don't i don't have an answer to that off the top of my head Let me is it something like they're going to ask you oh so miriam if i come to you are you going to completely be able to get all my problems away from me they tend to ask me a little bit about the process itself okay they want to know a little bit about what does this look like you know what what does a session look like gotcha right they they kind of want to know do am i on a table do, you know do i do i and then i've had i've had people ask me do i have to have a migraine in order for it to heal no right <laughs> no is this you don't be like a, do they feel that they're going to ask you questions of like is this going to be like a regular doctor's visit or something right right, right. they they kind of they kind of don't know what a medical medium session looks like <laughs> and so they they're like well what what happens do i need to bring anything do I, you know then that leads me into the other question of what questions do you wish or do you want people to ask you when they are acquiring your service oh gosh i don't think anybody's ever asked me that before i, I would like them to ask me about communicating with their body themselves because they don't. Because they don't. And and I am a, I am a medical medium, and I can communicate with their body, and I can tell them this is what your body said it needs, or this is what your body said is going on. But I would like for them to be able to go to the refrigerator in the morning and be tuned into themselves and sure. choose their food according to what their body needs. Gotcha. And I, I'm totally about, you know, teaching people to fish rather than like just giving them a fish and so right. that's my that's my wish i wish they would talk they would ask me more about how i can do this for myself gotcha mm -hmm. gotcha absolutely well uh, again i know i have learned a lot today and i'm glad to have you today so if you would like to get a hold of miriam dow and her being a medical medium for you how can they get a hold of you my email address is uh, miriamdow at gmail.com, and I have a phone number here, 302-265-0447. You could text that as well if you're trying to get a hold of me, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for being on our show today, Miriam. It's always good to see you. And this is another edition of Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson, me. I hope you have a great day and be good and don't do any stupid shit. Thanks for watching and we will see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.